it was uh, that was crazy. <laughs> so definitely always want to be positive. Yes, and welcome to Over 50 Starting Over, everybody. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. And uh, we are discussing careers right here. Uh, yeah. Jumped in uh, as Merle was telling us about how exciting his life has been lately, and which he has not shared with us uh, for quite some time. Uh, do you want to give us some, a summary what's been going on? Oh yeah. So, uh, finally I am going to be employed and I'm excited that, uh, to say that I did find a new position and it is with spoke a company called spoke and they are a communications company. I've actually worked with them. And interestingly, the funny part is, is that I've worked for this company before. Um, the company was called Arch Wireless at one point, and I worked for them for some for several years as a district manager. Um, that's actually where I met Anne Marie. And wow, uh, yeah, that. isn't that something? I yeah, I never told you that. And, and now uh, they were bought by another company, and uh, they then were bought by another company. Uh, there was a company called Amcom out there, and then um, then they became Spoke, and so now I'm going to be joining them on July 13th as a regional sales director. I think that's fantastic, and what I really like about it, first of all, there's so many things I like about this, one of them being it was really your choice. Like, you put a lot of hard diligence into this choice you had uh certainly had a pick of opportunities but you went with uh where your heart really was what your expertise lies which is really huge um really excited for you i'm excited to be able to Thanks, talk man. about this stuff yeah today. yeah well you know it was a it was an interesting road i interviewed with spoke it seemed like 50 times i know yeah. it wasn't 50 times but yeah. we had a lot of conversations and one of the things that uh, really got me to be very favorable towards this company was you know, the industry that I'm in, and it's not just communications, it's really healthcare communications. It's a small industry and we all pretty much know each other or know of each other. And along the way during the interview process, I met some of the best people. I, I, I really enjoyed talking with them. And you know what's interesting, Barry? A lot of the talk would start out with over 50 starting over. I'm I getting love thumbs actually thinking about this because they love the show. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, it was great. But it's not just that. You told me about uh, a lot of your interviews and how people would say, uh, it was kind of a clincher because you're so poised. You speak so well. You, and oh, you do. You, you are so you. good on this podcast. Uh, but that was a deciding factor for a lot of people is, wow, this guy's a great communicator. Well, the thing is, Barry, is, of course, not everybody agrees with my viewpoints. Who, mm -hmm. I mean, that's just life, right? Yeah, I know but, I don't. Uh, you know, and, and vice versa. But right. that's the beautiful thing about the show is how we handle ourselves in the face of disagreement. Yes. Uh, and, and it's always with respect. It's they the key could, element. They could see that. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only that, but, um, you know, here's a more important thing is that 
I'm just being myself on the show. I mean, like the whole show, the impetus of the show is this is like a phone conversation, Mm -hmm. conversations you and I have been having for years Mm -hmm. and they were attracted to that. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in a position with a company where I could just be myself because really at the end of the day, the best me is when I'm just being me. For and, sure. Uh, I don't want to have to hide anything, especially in this very uh, politically charged parody mm-hmm. that we're in today. I, I just don't want to be me. And Boy, uh, this is company it... is endorsing me as me. And uh, boy, they sure have made me feel welcome. I just that that's heartwarming in all regards. And also, we it's been a while, but we talked about authenticity before. And I think that and that's what you're talking about. Now you get to be yourself authentically you. And that's when we're at our best. And we can all take a little bit from that. You, you are going to be your best self in sales. And re- regardless of what you do, you do sales in, in right. any given day. And so it's to be your best self authentically is uh, the best that you can do to persuade somebody to your point of view um, and to negotiate because we are always negotiating. So authenticity means everything, but it's not, it's not just uh, in negotiations. It's about happiness. If you can, you're spending a third, what, I don't know, two thirds of your waking moments at work or whatever it is. Right. Right. You want to be happy. <clears throat> doing it. You're going to be Absolutely. happiest being your authentic self. Not, not, you know, so often we feel like, uh, what's the word? Imposters, imposter syndrome. And so often we battle that all of us do. And, uh, so it's just, eh, if we can be, try, uh, make attempts to be as authentically ourselves as possible, that's going to always work out in our best interest. Well, and you know, it's great to be a part of an organization where you feel like you're respected mm-hmm. and also an organization where you, re- you truly respect the people that you're working with. I think those two things are, are paramount if you're yeah. going to go into, see, I, this is another thing is I didn't want to go into a job. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't looking for a job. I was looking for a position mm-hmm. and if there's not respect there, you're, you're working a job. Yeah. And um, now, now, interestingly, also, your heart's got to be behind it. It's funny, mm-hmm. I was even dreaming about this last night, is that um, the, 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 one of the reasons, really a big reason for my, for my choice to go with this company, I'll back up to the, the reason that it was a choice in a minute, but mm-hmm. um, the platform that I'll be selling has everything to do with a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, this passion actually began with uh, my father. And I talk about my father a lot on, mm-hmm. on the show, but, uh, you know, he passed away, he had a heart attack. And, um, you know, when, uh, before he passed away, they, they came, it was at the house that had happened and they came to the what house. What year was that? Him. Well, that was, uh, 91. Wow. That long ago. Okay. My dad was 91 or 92. I thought yeah. those, I thought they were closer together. Uh, yeah, but so uh, it was early time. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure was. And, uh, so his heart attack happened at the house and an ambulance came to pick him up and got him into the ambulance. And on the way to the hospital, the ambulance got caught in a traffic jam. Mm. And, um, they say that he passed away in the ambulance, mm. um, tried to revive him once he got to the hospital, but he was gone. Mm. So, you know, today we have technology that could have prevented that 
from happening, him getting caught in a traffic jam. You know, we have GPS. They didn't have that back then. Right. And uh, I've always been a big believer that, you know, with technology, we can save lives. And I got involved in this whole business of uh, integration middleware where we're able to take alarms and alerts and, and deliver a, a very useful text to the right person at the right time and the right information and, uh, and, and, and really coordinate care to save people's lives. And this whole industry has evolved over the last, well, 20 years now that I've been involved in it. And uh, there's stuff involved now like uh, uh, AI and ML. Um, it just, just the whole technology has, mm. has just evolved to become this fantastic thing. So I feel like working in this type of environment is sort of paying it forward because I know that through the work that I've personally been involved in, along with some great people, we've been able to provide a, a mechanism for fathers and mothers and sons and daughters to be able to come home tonight mm -hmm. when without this technology, without the courage to go in and, and, and evangelize this technology, they wouldn't have come home. They would have perished. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just don't want that to happen to other families. And so when this opportunity came around, this is a platform that does basically the same kind of thing that's evolved uh, that I've been involved in for the last 20 years. And, um, it, they've invested $100 million into this platform, and this is an opportunity here to be involved in something I'm passionate about and something that I can take the ball and run with and, and really provide a safety net for people like you and me and mm -hmm. our families. And uh, it's something that I can – it's not just a job. It's, uh, it's a mission for me. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, it's, and you uh, get to be that's back what's with so a, exciting. And you get to be back with a team again. Not that's only that, fun. but yeah, and many of the people that are on the team are people mm -hmm. that I've worked with in the past. Right. Uh, we're, we're just we're still at the tip of the spear, advancing mm -hmm. the cause. And uh, you know, it's uh, I, again, I'm getting goosebumps. I mean, I'm 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 jazzed about this whole thing. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, but but here's here's something interesting is mm -hmm. that uh, here here I am uh, getting this opportunity in the midst of COVID nineteen and I, you know they had given me a verbal offer for this job oh uh, a few months ago and remember, in between yeah. getting the formal offer and the verbal offer they had a hiring freeze and boy that was, so everything got shut down for a couple few months there well, can you it, just tell us. Uh, briefly, because I, a lot of people are going through similar stuff right now. You know, yeah, COVID's yeah, turned yeah. this world upside down. No kidding. Uh, uh, your, your emotions during this time. Oh, well, first of all, it was you know, understandable. I mean, it wasn't mm -hmm. their fault that this happened. Right, right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, and I think we talked about this a bit on the show, it was demoralizing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it was like getting an arrow in the heart. And I remember saying on the show, I just have to keep my legs moving and just keep mm -hmm. moving forward. And uh, boy, uh, that was a, it's a lot easier to just say that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But to, to do that, I mean, you know, I felt like I had to take it moment by moment. And there were times where I was completely discouraged and just, you know, I, I remember um, 
you know, praying with Anne-Marie several mm-hmm. times and telling, telling God that, you know, I believe you, Lord, but I have these terrible feelings on the inside of me and help mm-hmm. me with that. And uh, Fear. I just feel like being honest about the whole thing with the Lord. I can't really hide anything from him. But I, I felt like I, I felt guilty because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out of faith. But I realize that, you know, your emotions and reality are not necessarily the same. That's true. But, um, you know, I kept, I did keep moving forward. And as a result, I I started working, doing some contract work for another company. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at the same time, uh, I was still prospecting for another position just in case this didn't come about. Sure. They said they would call me and get a hold of me and when the freeze ended. But that's no guarantee. You've got to keep the lights on and take care of your family. Yeah. And so when everything turned around and the offer became alive again, at the same time that happened, I was getting an offer from the company that I was doing contract work with mm-hmm. and another potential offer at the exact same time, which was, as we spoke about, something I was looking to be able to do to, to, Thank to have God. choices. Yeah, to, you show up differently when you know when you when you have choices when you're not desperate, and uh, you know, dating is the same way. When you're that yeah. lonely person going out, Jesus, uh, <laughs> so long ago. Uh, and it's like, oh, you know, I could never uh, find a, a date or a match right, uh, right. when I'm feeling desperate. But boy, you get a girlfriend and all of a sudden they're... they're yeah, where were all these girls before, it's right? It's the same thing. People sense the desperation. So you got yourself into an ideal situation. I did. I'll tell you what, though, it was about three weeks ago, exactly, that you were probably at your lowest and um, having to talk you up. I remember Lisa said, uh, because you had something happen, something fell through that you were really counting on. And um, Lisa said, boy, I can't wait to see what what happens with you next, because it's always how it happens. Well, I was. I was interviewing with another company that yeah. I thought this is it. I, this feels right, and yeah. um, and it didn't happen. And I was actually shocked that it didn't happen mm-hmm. because you know I'm normally not wrong about that that mm-hmm. gut feeling, right. and it did kind of feel like speaking of gut feeling, it felt like I got kicked in the gut actually. Yeah. Uh, it was a great experience, though. Again, great people. Great I, I met attitude. so many great people and had so many great conversations along the way. Uh, but yeah, I I was uh, I, I was sort of devastated by this, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember again being at the kitchen table with Anne Marie and and mm-hmm. praying, and so pretty much it was the same prayer every time: is that mm-hmm. Lord, I believe that what you say in your word is that you've got a plan to prosper me and not to harm me. And, and that, um, that you, you have something for me, you have a destiny for me here. So I'm just going to, even though I have these terrible feelings, I'm just going to put my life in your hands and, and let you be the, the leader here. And, um, and, you know, we've always said this, that it's always dark, darkest before the dawn. Absolutely. And uh, boy, I, you know, and I was telling myself all these things and boy, I had some mm. good conversations with people like you and mm. people in my family to, to lift me up. And of course, Anne Marie was always right there to, mm. to lift me up. She was outstanding the whole time. Uh, but, um, but it was like, suddenly, 
all this stuff started happening at the it same sure time. It sure did. Suddenly, like at, at my lowest point, like, mm-hmm. boy, did I ever just feel like just, I don't know what I felt like. I just, I felt horrible. But then suddenly all these things and offers, uh, just amazing. So that's where I found myself. That is, and I want to give you full credit for that because you kept your feet moving. And a lot of people, a large percentage of us would find one opportunity, open one door and stop everything else and put all our eggs in that basket because it's hard. It's uh, interviewing it can be very demoralizing. It's definitely stressful. You're sticking your neck out there uh, at yeah. all times. So you're vulnerable. Uh, yeah. You're getting yeah. kicked around a lot. So it's really hard. But I mean, I live my life doing that, uh, basically. I, I have to say, though, that um, even there, it was, there was stress involved with the interviews, but... You had such a good attitude. I was having a great time. Well, here, you, and here's the other thing, too, is... Yeah rarely do people want to know all about me and ask me like, tell me about yourself. Yeah. You know, Cause people want to talk about themselves. Yep. So it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, what did you say? You said a hundred times, man, this podcast has really helped me for oh, my interviews. You're so getting many on ways. there doing zoom. You're doing that, zoom. Interview. That, those were the interviews. Cause yeah. they, they're not calling you into an office anymore because of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So it turned out that the, the podcast in so many ways helped me out. That was, so many. They, they, it was, I never brought it up in an interview, but it got brought up every single time yeah. right at the beginning. And it was just yeah. a great story to tell. And of yeah. course, this is a passion for me. I mean, sure. you know, um, and You're you know, good at it, this, this was also part of my search is that I'm not going to stop doing this. This is, this is who I am. And, um, and so, you know, Spoke was completely behind that. Yeah. Well, uh, it's like I told you, man, I, if I have to, I'll go out and find another black guy. <laughs> good luck <laughs> finding one like me <laughs> no for sure i could never replace i couldn't do this without you the, the reason that i feel our podcasts are so good is because of our chemistry oh yeah absolutely all, all the way so i'm just super happy for, oh by the way this is the first time that we've ever recorded on a weekend it's sunday and uh, we're going to be publishing this tomorrow, Monday morning. We normally come out on Friday morning. We did come out with one on Friday morning. So we are, as you are starting a new job, we're talking about doing a new format. I know, and I've said this forever, that I know uh, based on marketing statistics that we, are, we should do much better building our audience coming out on a Monday or Tuesday yeah. versus Friday is the worst day of the week, marketing statistics right, right, for right. coming out. But we've just, we were in such a comfort zone. We love doing it on Thursday uh, afternoons. And Thursday is just such a great day. Just, uh, there's just something yeah. about the day that makes you feel giddy. I think it's the, yeah. the prospect of the weekend coming up and everything. Yes, it is. So. It, something about all the way back to college. Thursday yeah, nights. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. Remember nights. those? Oh, yes. They really were. Yeah, so it's kind of uh, fitting that we were doing that. But I said to you a couple of weeks ago, Lisa, is in the morning, Thursday morning. She goes, is Thursday your favorite day of the week? And I'm like, hmm. What do you mean? She goes, well, it's mine. It's podcast day. And I, that really meant a lot to me. It's that a favorite meant a day lot to me too. I yeah. love that. I love to hear comments like that. Yeah, absolutely. So you have gone through such an emotional roller coaster. I'm glad that it's going to stabilize now. But mostly, and I told you this uh, right before we got on, I'm glad that you're going to feel like you can st- start talking about work again. Because oh, I, yeah. 
I got to a point where I'm just talking about my the 050 stuff from my side, and it's like you just kind of shut shut uh, turned your back on the whole work talk for a while. Yeah, and, well, it, it became so it, 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 got, it got to a point though where it was just demoralizing. I, again, I want to be very positive, and uh, yeah. at the, it was. I was it was pretty much uphill, and of course, it's good to talk about these things. But for a couple of weeks there, I just really uh, needed to keep some stuff to myself, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, especially as the, so. I'm interviewing. I mean, I have three companies that I'm looking at, and mm-hmm. they're all watching the show, and so I didn't want to, you know, right. I, I didn't want to say too much about what I was doing out of respect, sure. actually. Of course, and you've had nothing but good things to say about all of them. Oh, like, everybody, everybody was just. It was. Uh, let me tell you choice. something. That was the hardest part was making a choice, and I think and you the, took it down to the midnight hour, man. I, I to the last minute uh, yeah. actually, um, and I found it to be harder to say yes to a company um, or to say no to a company than to say yes because mm-hmm. the people that I was saying no to were people I had grown awfully fond of oh sure and um and uh, both both companies uh the other two companies that i had to say no to were that there were full of people that i knew and have worked Mm -hmm. with for so like i said in this industry we we all know each other Mm -hmm. and so it was like uh you brought up the the dating scenario it was like Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've said this before i remember you know, when I was growing up and dating, usually the girl broke up with me. That was that was pretty much my experience for the first few years of dating. And I thought, yeah. man, it'd be so much easier to be the one breaking up with the other person. And oh, I found out the hard way that that's yeah. not the truth. It's maybe it depends on who you are. Well, yeah. If you don't, if you have an ice cold heart, I guess it's easy. <laughs> I have a. It makes it so hard when your heart. You have this big heart and you care yeah. about it's almost like you kind of wish you didn't because it yeah. would make life so much easier but man i had i i actually was teared up and and having to talk to people and telling these mm. things you know it was a it was very emotional very well emotional. i'm sure from their point of view too like you you're you're a special guy and you really bring something special to a company they're very fortunate to land you and uh you, in your heart, you got this big heart that you bring uh, to whatever you do. And so they're, they're very lucky to land you. And well, here's what I can't wait. For. I, I want to hear stories. I want, we're going to start a new week. You know, you're going to have a whole week of experiences under your belt. Your mind's going to be, and, and mostly what I like about you is the positive approach that you take to everything and even the challenges or should I say, shall I say failures, the occasional failures that we experience along the way, you always turn them into positives. So I can't wait to get, to have you back to the 050 segment and sharing all this beautiful wisdom that you have. Thank you, Barry. I really appreciate that. And I, and I just, you know, you've been a lifelong friend and uh, you're always there uplifting me and cheerleading me as well. And all through you know, some of these uh, times, because that's how life is, you know, you're not it's always going to be on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, and I think I might have, might have said this on a show, but on my birthday, June 7th, my brother, uh, Scott, and sister-in-law, Karen, got me this shirt, and it was, uh, it said climb on it. And there was, the M was like bigger, so it looked like two different, two mountain peaks. Oh, and, okay. uh, I remember uh, telling my wife after they left, you know, um, 
I'm going to dedicate this this year to mountaintops. I've been in the valley, but this, mm. you know, and this is before I got the job offer. I was feeling that at the low point. And mm-hmm. I was saying that, nope, this year is going to be the year of mountaintops. I'm going to be on the mount. I'm going to be on the mountaintops this year, not in the valley. Man, did you pick and, a uh, tough year? Boy, and uh, but within a week, I was getting job offers after mm-hmm. that. So uh, I'm, I'm. That's my. That's that. This that's is beautiful. the year of mountaintops. This you know easy. what? We need to hear that right now. Everybody is so challenged right now. So we got you to help lead us. Uh, right on. All right. No, I, I really do love that. You Follow did me. Mention, yeah, absolutely. You did mention like last week something about uh, you're going to be seeing a shirt here pretty soon. I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a company logo or something. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I, I was talking about the shirts my, my kids had got me. I forgot to mention last week I was wearing one of the shirts that uh, Brandon had got oh. for me. And it oh, had nice. these uh, palm trees on it, which you couldn't really see. But mm. palm trees for me um, symbolize relaxation and mm-hmm. just, you know, like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. There's the palm tree right there. And so right. anyway. Uh, thank you, Brandon, for getting that for me. My daughter had gotten me uh, a couple of shirts. Hmm. Uh, one of them said, uh, walk by faith and not by sight on it, which is a scripture. And, um, you know, oh. very appropriate for where I am What does that mean? Now. What does that mean? You know, uh, th- thank you for asking. Um, so as a Christian, um, the Bible tells us that we are to... Uh, I'm sorry, it says walk by faith and not by sight. I think I said that's that. That's what you well. said. Uh, okay. So uh, things can look really crappy, but mm-hmm. what God says is that he's got a plan for your life and a plan to prosper you. So know that pro- even though it might look crappy right now, prosperity mm-hmm. is your destiny. Uh, and uh, and so you're walking by faith through the valley that I had just mm-hmm. gone through. And that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the midst of feeling all those bad feelings, I was saying, I believe you, God. I believe that you have this plan for me, and I'm going to put my life in your hands. We walk by faith and not by what we see. Mm. Hey, you know, that makes me think of, I don't, when we go through our debates and bring Jordan Peterson into it about. Which I love. Uh, Yes, yes, I do too. Uh, it never gets old about faith. And uh, it, it just reminds me, I don't remember if I made this point like last week, is he says uh, to, to believe, to have faith is, is about action. It's not about words. It's not about what you say. It's how do you live? So do you have the trust that God, the universe, or whatever has your best interest at heart. If you do, you're going to take more chances and put yourself out there because you mm-hmm. feel that you're walking with him rather than swimming against the river. So totally agree. Yeah. So it's really important. So when he says kind of, I'm going to float right back into dangerous waters a little bit here. Uh, and he says, um, people hate, he hates it when people ask him if he believes in God and he says, well, it just the most important thing that I can tell you is that you're going to be much better off if you act as if there is a God, as if you behave in such a way that there is a God, you will reap the benefits of it. So that's where he then starts talking about the faith. And I think that I think it's a hugely important subject because it's about harnessing the power of positive thinking for a large part. It's about being able to turn around a nihilistic mindset 
is if you try it. Try to have faith here and there. Take a step forward uh, with faith in mind. And if you feel a reward there, you'll just take another step in a more positive direction. I can totally agree with the concept of acting in faith, um, even if you don't feel it. I've been talking about that. Look at the struggle you've been going through for months here. And and just like being at the kitchen table with my Mm -hmm. wife and and saying, you know, I feel all these terrible feelings and Mm -hmm. it doesn't look like this, but I'm going to, I'm putting my life in your hands and I'm going to trust you. That part of what Jordan Peterson is saying I'm right there with them. Mm-hmm. Here's where I, where we, you know, the why in the road. Of course. Is that if I didn't believe that God existed, then I would have a hard time acting in faith. Mm-hmm. And so when they ask him, do you believe in God? To me, it seems to make sense that he would say yes, if he's encouraging people to act as if there is a God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because I totally understand. There's nothing to leverage. There's no, there's no, how do you get your footing in that acting in totally. faith? Well, look at the struggle you've had. Like, even though that you're a man of strong faith, that when your anxiety is spiking because of the situations and stuff. You're questioning your faith. If you're a man of perfect faith, you won't have anxiety. So we do struggle like that. I know that with myself. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of important. With myself, I've spent my entire life trying to find uh, the proof of God so that I can move forward with faith. And as I told you a long time ago, my when i was young my my biggest uh my biggest stumbling block was the idea of infinity and so it would come to uh if i drove drove a spaceship at light speed uh forever and ever and ever there's still infinity out there in front of me that i i that drove me crazy uh even if we said okay well the earth is I, whether you want to say it's 100,000 years old, 6,000 years old, or billions of years, whatever, it's still, okay, well, what did God do before this earth? These kind of questions drew me, because right. there's infinity. What did he, He's infinite. What is infinity? So I've always struggled, and I've had to find my, I, I very much struggled to find my own faith, to have this belief, what we're talking about, so I can have this positive attitude that I can pray to and wrap my heart around, you know, uh, the way you do. So I just kept looking for answers to these questions. I think I have it uh, well figured out so that I can say I have my own answers. It's a very personal thing, right? So I think there's a parallel with Jordan Peterson here where I, uh, I, I think Jordan Peterson is absolutely enthralled with the Bible. He thinks it's, he must think it's the most beautiful piece of work that was ever written because he keeps finding more and more uh, deeper meanings. He does. He does. does. It's amazing. Um, And I believe that, as I said before, that the Bible is divinely inspired for sure. But I don't believe that the earth is only 6,000 years old. I don't don't believe that either. The Bible doesn't say that. Okay. Well, we could talk about that in a minute. Um, and I don't really believe in the kind of personification of it, but I get it. And that's all fine. When I pray, I do say God. I do pray to God. I do use this. I, 
I kind of feel that uh, God and heaven is all the same thing, unconditional love. It's all pure, unconditional love. Uh, it is something that we can pray to and uh, harness a bit of that power. The more faith that we have, uh, the more powerful it is, I think. So anyways, I got, I got my head wrapped around what I need wrapped around in order to have faith. So I understand. I, so I'm trying to possibly make that parallel for Jordan Peterson, possibly thinking somewhat similar, is I can't prove that there's a God for you. I can't prove it to myself, but I find evidence that makes me say it's best that you lead your life as if there is a God and, and uh, act accordingly. I see what you're saying. Um, I like how you tied in infinity as well. And I can also see how infinity could really screw you up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. You couldn't have picked a tougher concept to try, try to believe in God with. And um, I, I've, you know, the interesting thing about this and what I really love about you, Barry, is that you're, you're voicing things that people like when they get in church, mm -hmm. they don't ask the pastor about, you know, well, what was God doing before all this happened? Sure. Or, you know, what about if he's lived forever? What about no one? People are afraid yeah. to ask those kinds of sure. questions, but there's, there are answers to those questions that, and maybe some of them we may not understand. One of the concepts mm -hmm. that you, you uh, actually caused me to think about is that uh, when we talk about infinity, is that God, the Bible does say that God exists outside of the realm of time. Mm. And so when you try to figure out what God was doing before time, this is might actually throw a wrench into things, but, <laughs> um, but time for him is like an object. Like, for instance, he can see all of time, even though it's infinite, because he's outside of time. I understand that. And, and he's actually the creator of time. And so I can wrap um, my head around actually ab above and beyond the concept of time. Time is a realm that you and I live in, mm -hmm. but it's not a realm that he lives in. And, and, and this is something that you and I have talked about, sort of we've alluded, we talked about UFOs and stuff like that. But Love to that. me, one of the concepts that kind of brings this about is Einstein's theory of relativity. Mm. And when you start to take a look at somebody going the speed of light mm. and then coming back to earth time and, travel and and this person now is still a young man but everybody else is old and when i start thinking about the fact that uh god is light and and that uh when you're going the speed of light you're actually coming into this realm of being outside of time do you understand what I'm Are saying? Are you kind of God saying you're closer to light. God in heaven? No, I'm, what I'm saying is you've entered into the outside of time mm. realm where mm. everybody else is inside of time. Uh, Does that I make sense? Yeah. And so they're not they're just like God. I'm not saying that you're closer to God by going that speed. But what I am saying is that you've entered into a realm that God only exists in. Mm. And, and God is forever young. Like he's not an, we've got all these depictions of God as a old man. No, God is forever young. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, it, it just sort of, 
I haven't put all the pieces together on this, mm -hmm. but to me, that sort of makes Einstein's theory of relativity seem more palatable. Because I always wonder, mm -hmm. well, what the heck? How come he still, I still don't really understand that. By the way, you know, Einstein, they always say he was an atheist, but at the end of I'm his life, yeah, I've heard that a bunch of times. At mm. the end of his life, he's he's documented as he he believes in God, mm. um, and you know it's that to me that's a, a no brainer. But anyway, uh, interesting. I, follow, kind of, I like what you're saying about uh, God um, being outside the construct of as time as we know it, space and time is uh, tied together. Uh, I I could totally wrap my head around that. It's I, I see there's a lot of evidence for the Big Bang. And that's that's my theory on infinity is the big think, bang has I think, happened infinite amount of times. I think the Bible supports the big bang theory. And I, that's cool. I, I still am amazed at how little we know. We're still, you and I are still sitting here like a couple of ants trying to still piece this together. I think that I'm surprised how primitive that we are still. I think that that, that alone is another proof of God, is that mm. <clears throat> there's infinite knowledge out there that we just, we, we've got a tiny pinpoint of that knowledge, but all of these things, there's a reason, there's a way, there's a method. As we start to research how, sci how things actually work through science, we start to find that there's, there seems to be a master designer behind all of these things. Everything makes sense when we start to uncover the pieces. And then to me, that's proof that God exists. And so going, coming, coming back full circle to Jordan Peterson is that he, he, saying that you can't prove God exists. I would say that there is ample evidence all around us that God exists. And back to my original thing, you know, he is doing a very good job talking about the Bible from a uh, from a personal point of view. In fact, the clip I listened to, it sounded like he was going to cry a couple of times. Oh, he, yes, yes. And, he gets very um, emotional. Yeah. yeah, and so it seems like he's, if he doesn't believe in God, I would be very surprised. I, uh, I, we always go back to this, and I always say the same thing. I honestly believe that he, it's out of humility humbleness mm -hmm. that he mm -hmm. says i am not the one to tell you that i wish he would well that's because it's your team you know and you want it, it's, it's, it's 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 his own expert i don't think that he can say that he's he's a he's a intellectual you know he's a philosopher he has thought about this he's pondered this like painfully his entire life that question and it's so i think it's so personal to him that he just feels that he is not qualified to say that. That doesn't make any sense to me. That if makes you're total qualified sense to, to me. say it, how come? Well, you can have your opinion. That's yeah. his opinion. What the, of believing yeah. in God is your opinion. Why not say mm -hmm. what your opinion is? You say I it. Think, I, think, uh, I think he does. I think he does. I think that it's when so he says, though. I cannot prove the existence of god but it's in your it's i feel it's in my but that's what i feel he's saying i feel it's in my best interest that i live my life assuming that he does exist 
<laughs> I think there's a lot of proof, but I, you know, I just think that just the we're fact gonna, that you and I are gonna, talking, we're going to go each back other. and forth on this for the rest. <laughs> I of the, know. I took the a time. breath. There's proof right there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, hey, you know, we got a lot of current events. I know we could talk about man. this forever, though. Hey, this is such a good, good stuff. But I yeah, agree. you know, there on. is a lot. There's I just want to say too How about that, Kanye. Oh God, yeah. I want to just put a cap on the 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 religious thing that we keep talking about because I want to say that I appreciate how you are very tolerant of me trying to express my own views, and I never want to. I never want to bring doubt into somebody's mind. If, if somebody has faith, they feel they have faith. I don't want to bring anyone any doubt into that, but I want to be able to. Uh, if if there are people that are struggling and it's like, I kind of get what Barry's saying, you know, maybe I can help bring some faith to somebody. So I, I that's hear my intention. And now speaking of God, Kanye. <laughs> what a, what a transition you just made right there. Well, I, I let me just say, thanks for the compliment, by the way. And I feel vice versa, man. I mean, I feel like you do the same thing. You give me the same uh, type of grace and uh, I love our conversations and we should always be able to have those. And we have, we have always had those conversations our whole lives. Yeah, we I. really have. We yeah. really have. Well, I think uh, that's what makes us such great friends, Barry. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, back to Kanye. Yeah, you go ahead. You run with that. I don't know okay, what to say so about this. I, was I have shocked. an opinion, though. I was shocked. I was shocked. Uh, okay, I mean, Anne-Marie read it to me this morning that Kanye says he's running for the 2020 presidency. And I'm like, what in the world is he? Mm. Okay, so I've always thought that the guy might be crazy yeah me um, too. and uh you know he's a kardashian when, man when, 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 i know when he who was it that uh, was winning that award and he snatched the award out of their hands taylor said, uh, swift and said that goes that should go to beyonce it was right at that moment that, that was nuts what this is a crazy dude right here but yeah. um but okay so you're running for the First, I thought, are you sure he's talking about the 2020 election? Because, I mean, we're pretty far down the road right here. Yeah. Uh, And I thought he and Trump were buddies. So I have a theory. Okay. So I was riding my bike uh, for hours today, uh, and it got really hot now. And, oh, we got a hot stretch coming all in the 90s all week. that. Yeah. But uh, I was thinking about it. And I think because you're right. The first thing I thought, too, was, man, I thought he was pretty tight with Trump. I thought he was, too. Yeah. I think what he's going to do is he's trying to get the black support, the black vote on the conservative side. Think about that, because it's black people are traditionally more democratic. And so he's trying to get black people on board with the conservative Republican uh, ideology. And then he's going to pull out of the race, say, hey, throw your support to Donald Trump like I am. I'm supporting him. That's what I think. Hmm. Now, that's an interesting theory. I haven't. That actually gives me a little bit of hope, but it does seem like a how do you run for president? Do you just start up your campaign when you're only a few months away from the election? I think you just tweet it, man. I'm running for president. That's that's how we. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it. I was watching um, some podcast where somebody was talking about how Trump. uh, Oh, have you ever heard of a guy named Kingface? No. 
You know, he's a black conservative, used to be a gang member, pretty mm. interesting guy. But he was talking about how Trump actually proved uh, um, that anybody could be president. Mm. He was talking about how Obama didn't prove that to him. Trump actually proved that to him because uh, Obama was already a politician. Uh, Trump yeah. came out of nowhere and just became became president. So maybe this has something to do with Kanye. Because the truth is, is that, yeah, I mean, nobody even thought Trump would ever We you, Certainly you and I didn't think he we would didn't. win. We um, thought he would be the last one to win. No, yeah, it was it was a joke, actually. Yeah. We both laughed about it. We laughed yeah. and laughed. And, <laughs> oh, my God, he's the president. <laughs> so, you know, anybody now has a chance, I guess. I mean, mm. that's what it proves. But um, right. I like your theory. You know, um, it kind of goes back to – now, let, let me just pose this to you. Uh, Joe Biden has been in a bunker this entire time. And uh, very, very rarely comes out. He's been doing everything. I think he died. <laughs> okay. Well, let me, let me just pose this question to you because um, I saw a podcast and this kind of made sense to me. You know, he, he came out last week and said that the doctor told him not to campaign in public because it would be detrimental to people coming to his campaigns. Mm. And, um, and this guy felt like it's, his name is Michael Knowles. Um, I think it's pronounced Knowles or it could be Knoll. You know how we do. We screw up names. Yeah, that's um, what we do. But, uh, but anyway, uh, he was saying that, well, look, this whole mm. COVID thing, they're, the, the second wave and everything, they're using this to try to win the presidency because they're so gonna, what they're going to do is they're going to say that Joe Biden isn't going to debate Donald Trump because of the same doctor says. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, because they know that if this guy gets out and, and starts having to take questions and start right. doing some, some you know, freestyle stuff, mm -hmm. and especially if he gets into a debate, you know, there, were, there was a poll out, two polls out last week that showed that the majority of people out there think that he's suffering from dementia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think um, what you're talking about is evidence of that, that the Democratic Party's like, geez, man, this guy is... Uh, if we put him out there, we've got an excuse to keep him off camera, you know, yeah, and not debating. I think that they think that's their best strategy. And what a shame. You got four years to prepare for this election. And this is where you're at. I mean, yeah. And here's ridiculous. another thing is a doctor told you not to campaign for other people's health we're trying what to doctor would prescribe something not for you but for everybody else that doesn't no i've not gone to a doctor like that hey you don't want to uh this isn't about you merle it's about everybody else nobody yeah. should come and see you Right. Like that, no doctor. No, it doesn't make any sense. But you've seen what they're already doing is showing they're they're pivoting uh, the whole Trump thing. Trump has a rally, so now they're saying, "Oh, he's out there with no mask, no mask, this, no mask, that." He's uh, spreading COVID. That's what they're doing, and they finding, are doing that. And it's an opportunity to keep Joe in the in the bunker, you know, mm, as well. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. it's their best strategy. I think it's their only strategy that, I mean, yes. what, what else could they, what else yeah. could they possibly do? Um, right. 
Yeah, you know, uh, over the you know, we just had Fourth of July yesterday, and um, it was a real bummer, man, because they uh, they took away our fireworks show. Um, mm. and, that, and and we have the most spectacular fireworks show mm. every year in the park next to me, mm. and it was just you know we could hear fireworks in the distance. You know, people have their own stuff, I yeah. guess. Which, by the way, a lot of it was illegal, and they were trying sure. to tamp down on that whole thing. Uh, uh, it was pretty crazy uh, that that happened, but um, it, it, there were protests. Okay, let me just back up. The governor said that we shouldn't even get together with family that lives outside of our house. They closed the beaches. They closed trails, the bicycle trails. They closed restaurants, um, but they had protests, and they didn't stop the protests. All day yesterday, yeah. protests were happening. Oh, my God, really? Yep. Oh, I just don't get that. First of all, the beaches, it seems, oh, I don't know where to start with that because it's very frustrating how little we still know about COVID and we're debating. And it seems that COVID dies as soon as it sees ultraviolet light, uh, sunlight. I've heard that. Yeah. So beaches should be absolutely fine. fine. But at the same time, you guys have such a dense population. Well, yeah. I hear I what you're wondering. saying. Here, here's here's something about the beach. Is like, have you ever gone to the beach where somebody lays <clears throat> lays their blanket down closer than six feet to you? No, no, that's never happened to me either. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. I went to the beach last week, and um, we were probably about twenty feet. The closest we were to anybody was, uh, I mean, not twenty feet, twenty yards mm. uh, to the nearest person. And then this this family, they all had their masks on and everything, and we were like, "What the heck? What, yeah. what do you think that COVID's blowing in from from yeah. Japan or something? I mean, <laughs> what are you thinking over there?" But um, and they'd have oh, a I funny got, tan as well. I got a funny uh, thing. So yesterday, I did get to go on this motorcycle ride and got stung by a bee. Oh. I haven't been stung by a bee since I was a kid. I but it while was riding your day. motorcycle, and not never riding my and that's. Kind of I mean, like, how did this happen? It blow into your jacket or something? What ha- okay, here's how it happened. This is the craziest thing, and I'm never gonna let this happen again. So I have I have this jacket and it's got these zippers, you know, mm. on my mm. sleeves. And so I it was so hot out that I had my zippers open and I'm riding down the road and everything. A bee flew, it got caught up into my sleeve. And it, it stung me right on the elbow. And I'm, I'm on this mountain road and everything. And all of a sudden, I sharp pain in my elbow, man. I'm telling you, it took all of, all of my concentration not to just ride off a cliff. Right well, now. I was going to ask about that because worse <laughs> is I would imagine that you would feel this bee in there. And, and like, you know, you feel something yeah. in there. I yes. would panic. You know? I, it was it was teetering on panic. I, uh-huh. so I pull over real quick. You know, I, I mean, it was like I knew I haven't been like I said, I haven't been stung since I was a kid. Mm. But I knew in my head, this has got to be a bee. I mean, what else could this be? Mm-hmm. No pun intended. Yeah. I pull over right away and I get, get off. And I take my frantically take my jacket off. That was the hardest part was pulling over without trying to take sure. my jacket off before I pulled over. Sure. <laughs> and, um, and I take my jacket off and I, I, I had to. Um, I could see the stinger inside of my elbow uh, right away. And uh, then I like, I couldn't, couldn't see the bee. I had to reverse my sleeve and there he was, he was in there and wow. uh, I had to, he was still kind of alive and everything. And I brushed him off and I frantically stomped the life out. Of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, I digress. Uh, okay. So that was one experience. Then, then last night I go to uh, Denny's um, to pick up some food for for dinner. We have a Denny's right mm-hmm. right like a block away and of course all the restaurants are closed but you can still do takeout and i mm. go in there and they're like uh, uh i i have a pickup but these people come in behind me and the the person there goes oh are you here for dining and i go wait a second dining i thought you weren't allowed to have it and she goes oh we have we have tables outside because mm. you, if you have a restaurant and you can do it outside that's mm. legal i'm like mm. you got tables outside what are you talking about and she goes oh yeah on our patio and i'm like <laughs> they don't have a patio, okay? There's no patio. And what she meant was over on the side of their building. Now, so they have tables out there now. Barry, I've walked my dog over there a bunch of times. Uh, over on that side, I've seen people barf over there all ooh. the time. I, oh. we, Stella and I had to chase a giant rat out of there one oh. time. And people are eating over there. Oh, so how does this make us safer? Oh man! That I'm just gross. saying, like, okay, we're trying I was to avoid about, COVID, and now I got to eat in a rat-infested area. Oh, Is that I was right? about to give them kudos for ingenuity until you uh oh, it. terrible it's like homeless people sleep there all the time this place is a is a uh an opportunity for getting the plague or something mm. i mean it, so so now that makes us safer i mean it's just so i don't even have a word for what they've created here uh to try to protect so-called protect us mm-hmm. i mean i was walking home from there and i saw one of my neighbors and he was saying we were talking about how crazy this is because you know no fireworks it's fourth of july how weird this is and he mm-hmm. was saying you know um yeah and think about the people that got to come back to work after all this time only to be told a couple weeks later that you you don't have a job anymore oh. how, how demoralizing that they they've set up such a demoralizing type of a situation here it's hard to understand and then you tease people to start investing in their businesses again when they're really scraping to get by so then they go and invest and then they get shut down again yeah yeah it's I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what to think about it. But I'll say this on the other hand, though, Merle, is COVID has really shocked me. I have to say I was saying all along by June, it was it was going to be drastically reduced because it's the flu. As soon as the sun comes out and, you know, it's going to be gone. And um, I don't know. But as I if I see correctly, the deaths are going down dramatically gone down and if you start to do the research you'll start to find out that the testing is producing some interesting results and there's Mm -hmm. two ways of testing we talked about this Mm -hmm. on the last show um but the the way that they're look they're jacking up the numbers here that's Mm -hmm. that's really what the bottom line is is Mm -hmm. that they're jacking up the numbers the people that they're testing that that say they have positive covid well that that means in a lot of cases, they have antibodies for mm-hmm. COVID. It doesn't mean they actually have COVID. And those antibodies could be coming from a form of COVID that's just the common cold. Mm. And so this is a, a very interesting thing. Secondly, I'm finding out that a lot of these places where they're saying the hospital rates have gone up, like for, for instance, here in California, that, oh, we have more people admitted to hospitals, right. that's spiked. Well, what I'm finding out is that... <clears throat> If you have COVID antibodies, but you've been uh, uh, you've you've actually been admitted because you have some other 
problem, let's say lung cancer. And they're putting you down as COVID. You're a COVID patient. Yeah, so they're, yeah. so these are causing the numbers to uh, increase dramatically. And not only that, uh, we've got these, I mean, I don't know if you've gotten these on your cell phone, but I, I'm being bombarded with COVID numbers and these increases and everything. So they're, so they're scaring people. They're trying mm. to, they're trying to scare people. And you know what? This goes back to the doctor says I shouldn't be out campaigning. This seems to be a coordinated effort here. When you start to look at who's behind all of this. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know what to on all of this. Yeah, well, let me ask you thing. this. How many people do you know have COVID? None. I don't okay. know. I can't off the top of my head think of somebody who knows somebody that has COVID. Yeah. So I just say this, that to me... I think with all of this stuff they're talking about on the news every day, you would think you would know at least one person that's got yeah, it or got, right. gotten it. Right. But um, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Same here. You know, right. But I'm saying that... Um, I should have I a think, neighbor or something. Yeah, you know? it seems to me that they're using this for another purpose. And I mean, that just it, it goes back to take a look at what's happening with these protests that are happening too. Um, there are people that are legitimately out there protesting, but there are organizations that are using the protests to accomplish another purpose. And it has everything to do with the fact that we're in election season. Mm -hmm. There are opportunists that are using this. It's mm -hmm. so interesting when you take a look at uh, how they're using it. But I mean, we've talked about this before. The whole Black Lives Matter movement is backed by they're a spinoff of an organization called the Freedom Road Socialist Organization. They've been out there for decades. They are a spinoff of the Communist Party USA. I mean, if you start to look at all of these protests, the Freedom Road Socialist Organization is sponsoring all of them. Mm. And when you look into Freedom Road Socialist Organization, you'll see some amazing things that they're doing. For instance, one of them is that uh, just a news story that I was reading about how they backed the Chicago Teachers Union. Um, and the Teachers Union was all about trying to shut down school choice in the, in the inner city. They don't want those people going over to a charter school or a private mm. school. Um, and uh, to get a better education. Mm -hmm. And uh, they actually uh, uh, teamed up together, these two organizations, Freedom Road Socialist Organization and the Chicago Teachers Union, and sent delegates down to Venezuela to learn from Mudero's team, the uh, communist Mudero, who mm -hmm. has taken over Venezuela, to learn how they've been able to combat the United States effort to uh, to to control them through embargoes, uh, and how to learn from them how to uh, uh, educate their students, because apparently he hasn't shut down any of the schools since all of this uh, tragic events have been happening there. You know, the average Venezuelan has lost 15 pounds there since these uh, events Oof. have taken place. Uh, they're not on a diet. Uh, no, I know. No, that's all really scary stuff. Uh, and so when you start to look at who's backing all of this, and also when you start to look at who's backing Freedom Road uh, uh, Socialist Organization, some pretty amazing names come out. Of course, um, George Soros' Open Society Foundation, uh, his uh, foundation to promote open society. I mean, you look into George Soros, come on. 
His uh, name the, always comes up. It does, but he's not the only one. Ben and Jerry's, uh, hmm. the Marguerite Casey Foundation. These are, um, uh, she's the sister of Jim Casey, the founder of UPS. Um, the Tides Foundation um, was started by a guy named Drummond Pike, but um, he started it with Jane Bagley, who is, uh, Lee, I'm sorry, Jane Bagley Lehman. She's the heir to the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Mm. Think about how many black people have died smoking cigarettes. Mm. Um, and then that money is going into supporting Black Lives Matter through Freedom Road Socialist Organization. Oof. But get these. Um, the Ford Foundation, the Heinz Foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Susan Thompson Buffett Foundation, sister of Warren Buffett, who, sure. who actually is a partial owner of many companies that you know of out there. Public welfare. Um, our tax dollars are going into this. The American Heart Association. Kellogg Foundation, Kellogg Cereal. I mean, American Airlines. Uh, they're all involved in this whole thing to change. Mm. What are they trying to do? What? How is this helping black people? What good thing has come out of this, Barry? Good. That's a really good question. Uh, I have, I have no idea. I, but I think I said on the last podcast, or maybe I said it to you after. I don't know. But if we could harness the uh, chaos that is happening right now and actually find some real change that would be downsizing our, govern, our government considerably. That and would be good. It would be good if we could reduce the amount of lobbyists, the effect of, uh, of the lobbyists have on our government. That would be ideal. That would be absolutely yes. ideal. Yeah. But that doesn't seem to be what they're – they're trying to defund the police. I, I, How I is that helping black communities? And I heard today that – I think it's New York. Oh, yeah, of course, de Blasio. He, he cut their budget by $1.5 billion. Billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look what's happening there. They're starting a new uh, Chaz or Chop or something outside of I their city something. hall. Oh, Jeez. it's terrible. It's really? outside of their city hall, yeah. See, I think that's, that w works against their favor because they, their Chaz Chop thing in Seattle was a disaster. That oh, terrible. You saw what happened. I mean, they set up this anti-police socialist uh, utopia and it almost immediately becomes a fascist uh, state. A miniaturized fascist state. So, <laughs> and the violence and the, you know, the violence, jeez. So I, I thought I just, it was interesting how one of the first things they did was put armed guards at their borders. Yeah, when, their borders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're supposed to it's, be against it, that. It's amazing. Funny. It's amazing. Hey, did you, uh, we are at an hour already. I can't um, believe it. Did you hear or read that, that Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein, yes. accomplice? Yeah, she's now indicted. So ah. my question to you is, does she get offed? Did the cameras stop working? Yeah. So, I mean, how, how I would be she's got the goods. if I were her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got the goods on everybody. She has to. Yeah, she's, uh, she's probably got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't doubt that one bit. So I, I find that interesting. And yeah, we're going to see if all of a sudden COVID takes her up. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Um, I, I mean, not not wishing that on anybody. I'm just saying that no. uh, she's she's got a she's in a lot of trouble. 
Yeah, I would say so. And then once again, we are back to debating the Washington Redskins name, name you change. That? I, you know, where I'm at with that is sure. Just uh, go ahead, make that illegal change Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland crackers or something. Nobody's going to care about that. Uh, Washington <laughs> Redskins, make them puppies, you know, Washington puppies or something right. that couldn't. And and just say, we are going to make sure that there is no more celebration of the American Indian because we found somebody out there that got some attention. Well, you know, they've taken surveys in that nine out of 10 uh, people who are uh, Native Americans do not have any offense towards of course, Washington. But one Redskins. person got on a soapbox and got some attention. You yeah. know? Hey, did you hear that they're going to... Uh, do the black national anthem before the first game, before the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, so first game of every NFL t- you know, game, the first game, they're going to play the black national anthem before our national anthem. What is the and black they- national anthem? I've oh, you don't, you never heard of that? No. Come on, Barry. What? I never heard of it either. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? I just, I just found out about June what is 19th. that? Oh, yeah, yeah, I just found out about that, and everybody acted like this has been a national holiday forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been on the books for some time. I just okay. recently found out about it too. But um, you know, it, but yeah, the Black National Anthem, uh, and I don't know, I don't have the name is of it the a song rap? here. <laughs> uh, it, it, it sounds sort of like a spiritual song i read the words okay. to it I, but i haven't actually heard it before but nobody came and asked me hey you know we're yeah. thinking about this black national anthem merle what do you think no one asked right. me i mean i didn't even know about this so this i'm not ridiculous. in the loops but here it is like divide us there, again divide us more if there was a white national anthem i mean what what are we talking about here? I, I don't I don't really understand it. That's you exactly know? like you know that video with Morgan Freeman being interviewed and and a guy's yeah. like, well, what do you think about Black History Month? He goes, what about it? He goes, that's ridiculous. Is there a White History Month? No, I'm Jewish. Is there a Jewish History Month? No. He goes, I don't want a Black his- History Month. No, it was Mike Wallace, and he didn't just say no. He, he if he he said, do you want a Jewish History Month? And he he acted like he was offended, and he was just like, uh-huh. no, and he's like. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, man. I That's mean, it's, divisive. It's oh, ex- now we like, have a separate about? national anthem for Listen, black people. Here's the deal: is that it is a concentrate. I just read you all of these different um, uh, sponsors of yeah. the, uh, the Freedom Road Socialist Organization. So these, this is a conglomeration of very rich leftist white people yeah. like George Soros yeah. and uh, globalists, of which Glo- George Soros is, and also multinational corporations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have all teamed up together. Now, FedEx uh, owns the namesake for the, uh, for the field over at, uh, at, at for, that the Washington Redskins play in. So it's FedEx that's putting all the pressure on them to make this change. This is a coordinated effort that's happening here. And what's happening is, they're stealing our, our liberty and our freedom. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we went back to this, uh, you know, back to the Declaration of Independence. Um, the, 
for black people not to stand up for the national anthem and mm. say that you know this whole 1619 movement has been you know it's caught on fire it's all it's it's based on lies mm. um but these people that uh, put together the declaration was not about slavery it wasn't about white elitists uh that put all this together for just white people the very words that are in there were invoked by Martin Luther King. He called the Declaration of Independence in the I Have a Dream speech the promissory note, mm -hmm. that he was calling on America to cash in on the promissory notes for equal rights. It is that Declaration of Independence that caused the end of slavery, not just in our nation, but it's the idea that caused the end of slavery worldwide for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, the very fact that these people can go out and burn a flag and march and say what they want is based on the Declaration of Independence. This is what our whole country stands for. It's, it's the way that people have been able to get out of poverty and, and actually make a, a, a foundation, a, a place where their kids can actually move forward and spring forward off of at least that's that's what happened in my family. Mm -hmm. And um, to not stand up for the glory of that. Is the country perfect? No. We've right. come through some tough times. But I mean, to, to have a black national anthem in the NFL, you know what? I'm not watching any games this year. I'm, I'm wow. done with the NFL. Uh, I, I, well, I'll tell you what. They just uh, shortened the preseason by two, two games. They mm -hmm. uh, discontinued the first one and the fourth one. So there's that. So we'll see. Well, they're, all they're already saying these players are already saying they're going to take a knee during the during. Okay, mm. they'll stand up for the black national anthem, but they're going to take a knee for the. Oh God! They just the leftists love this division. They absolutely love this division. It's divide and conquer. That is the strategy. And um, eh, like well, we, we know one thing is mm. that in order to accomplish their means they have to divide and mm. like you're saying and conquer what are they looking to do they want to crush what we have here under our declaration of independence under mm -hmm. our constitution and replace it with a socialist government yes that, that is exactly what their aim is it's mm -hmm. not about it i asked the question how is this helping the black communities it's not i haven't seen nope. it it's not no, it's Funny. not. Not at all. Uh, uh, let's see. There, what, what else do we have? I have, I have to... one other thing. Go ahead. Um, I'm talking to different people that don't agree with me about uh, what's happening out there. And I'm asking the same question. You know, how is this helping the black community? Mm -hmm. I'm getting some pretty interesting answers back. But one of the common themes is that the, the violence that's happened, the riots have actually been... Uh, sponsored by white alt-right nationalists have you heard this yet no yeah and um what they're saying is uh, have you heard the word agent provocateurs yet? yes yes I okay have. so these are police that are sponsored by the alt-right that have actually been the rioters and uh, they're showing films that the people that I've been talking to have been showing films where people, oh, that's a cop right there. That's a cop. But there's no proof on this. It's sort of mm. laughable. But also, um, I found out that this group called the, uh, um, the Boogaloo uh, <laughs> group. <laughs> know, the Boogaloo funny. group? Boogaloo. Okay. Uh, it actually comes from a movie that was a sequel. 
that was a, a it was a joke to begin with, but um, they're saying, yeah, these guys are alt right nationalists, and um, they arrested three of them in in Nevada that tried to bring a bunch of Molotov cocktails and guns, and these guys are on the right. Um, another group called uh, Evropa. Uh, E-V-R-O-P-A, they're alt-right nationalists. They put out a Twitter that said, that now, we, we're, now it's time, they were pretending they were Antifa. Mm. Now it's time to take over. Um, look, here's the deal, is the Boogaloo group, <laughs> these guys don't even know what they are. They're, they're an anti-government organization. They believe, they, they're not a right-leaning group. They're they're a militant group, sure. I did some research on them. Nobody knows what they stand for. They don't even know what they stand for. Wow. Except for they want to destroy the government and use these situations uh, mm. that are happening, which are prime for for reaping havoc. There's yeah. bad people all over the place. This, Evropa is a neo-Nazi group. And Jeez. I mean, if you take a look at the political spectrum, Nazi isn't on the right. If you know what Nazi means in German, it's the National Socialist Party. Socialist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Socialism is not on the right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, like, these people that I'm arguing with, they want to believe that it's somehow Donald Trump is making all of this happen mm -hmm. um, and that it's people that support Donald Trump that are making this happen. But come on let's just take a look at this look at look at i just talked about the freedom road uh socialist organization they're stating what their goal is mm -hmm. they're the ones that are organizing the protests whether they want violence or not they're organizing the foundation to take over the government i think that's a much more important thing that we should be looking at yeah well i agree 2020 is one strange year that's all I got to say. It really is. It really yeah. is. Hopefully we survive it. Uh, I don't know. We're going to survive it. it and you right. know what? It, this is, I think it's going to make us stronger. Well, I like that. Once again, you find the positive. You bring out the positive. What was the guy's name that you brought up that was on um, uh, Rogan's show uh, where he said good to all these negative things? Oh, Jocko Willick. Yeah. yeah. His video is called Good. If you, if you YouTube that, Jocko Willick, good, it's a very popular video. It's fantastic. And it is, yeah. This bad thing happened to me. Good. And, and it's just about... I, I can, I could face anything. I can walk I, I got goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. And, See, and, now this is one of the worst things that we faced as a country. Good. Mm -hmm. This is going to make us stronger as a country. We're going to learn how to nip this kind of thing in the mm -hmm. bud so that it doesn't happen again. If this situation hadn't happened, we would have never known it. And a more organized uh, um, attack would have happened that we would have been overwhelmed by. Good. We figured it out. We've nipped this in the bud. We're going to stop this from happening in, in the future and destroying our children's 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 lives in the mm. future. Good. We're going to do this and we're going to win. And the fact is, is that we still have freedom so that we can put out this kind of information and inform other people so that they know and they can beware. Because in communist China, they can't do that right now. Look at what's happening in Hong Kong right now. We still have a chance and we're going to take that chance. and We're going to drive this across the goal line. Good. There we go. I love it. Okay. Those are perfect party words. See us at over50startingover.com. And Merle, we'll see you next week. Right on, Barry.